And as always, that music is uh, just the stairway to yet another session that we're going to bring you of Two Smoking Guns right here on 88.3 Southern FM. As always, the man that just controls the world and makes it all happen seamlessly. My great mate. Hello, Rutsy. I thought with Stairway, you might have been going to Stairway to heaven, heaven. there, mate. <laughs> I, don't well, know. I don't know that the two smoking well, guns is Stairway to heaven. Uh, I, I, I Maybe Base Camp, but <laughs> I don't know that it's a stairway. Our Stairway ain't going to heaven, mate. I'll give you the drum now. It's not going that no, way. No, welcome to everybody uh, to another uh, another session, as I say, of two smoking guns. And uh, we've got a, a raft of things that we're going to run we up do. the flagpole today. And we've got things like uh, restaurants that aren't travelling so well that have got some trouble keeping some uh, things out. And I'm going to extrapolate on that to, uh, for you. Um, I've got uh, I've got something about some new technology around yeah. cr- cricket bats. You like this? Yeah. This is the, it's not the old Dennis Lilly aluminium no, bat. No, this is not aluminium. This is actually grown in the ground. Wow. Um, and then I'm going to tell you why there's a, uh, potentially a big push for it. Uh, there's a couple of reasons. So I'm going to come back to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to tell you about a uh, sort of a, uh, it's not a secret bar, but there's a, a new bar down in Werribee. Yes. And people said, you have got rocks in your head if you reckon you're going to charge 12 bucks for a glass of wine. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, it, it seems by all accounts they're going gangbusters. But well, mate, if they're only charging $12, we want to get there yeah, because yeah. if you live locally... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's yeah. standard yeah, yeah, yeah. fare. Spot on. Uh, but uh, the, the uh, there's a little twist to this. That you've actually got to do something in order to get into the bar. Oh, it's a oh, secret. It's like a secret oh, like sort that. of bar. So I I'm like that. About that. Um, I, I came across. I was having a reflective moment, and I came across um, some you know happy sayings and things from the Dalai Lama and John Lennon. And then we had some fun the other week. With um, the Who Am I? Yeah. So I've got another Good. Who Am I? I like it. A couple it. of those people. But then I've gone further. What? I've got a What Am I? Ooh. So I've got, and that's going to be. Now, that's good now, for me in that. Well, I know, like I like to have myself tested. Yes, you do, and, and I like that. And what I'm going to say to you is, this comes with the old saying: you better be thinking outside the square, right? And think very laterally. Good. Because they were... Um, That's kind of how I roll. sort of a bit curly, but we'll have some fun with it anyway. Now, tell me, oh, mate, what have you got for well, us? Well, a couple of things caught my eye. Yes. and uh, Both of them? Yes. Yes, yes <laughs> both eyes. <laughs> well, especially, uh, in fact, you might say, ooh la la. Uh, ooh la la. Oh, because I'm going to go. talk to you about Froggy. French knickers. Hey! Right? Now, have I got your attention yet, listeners? Uh, uh, front and centre. Um, is there a warning that needs to come with So, um, you say French knickers. It sounds much better when you say lingerie. Oh, lingerie. Because as you would know, most things sound better in French than they do in English. Uh, Voulez-vous? Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Voulez-vous? Which is just a little bit of shit pastry. <laughs> crappy little bit of pastry that just does nothing for you. Beef bourguignon. Oh, bourguignon. Or steak pie. You know, uh, you know what I mean? And maybe a Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir. <laughs> anyway, uh, French knickers or lingerie. Oh, so we've had the situation of COVID yes. that's going rampant through <laughs> Europe, you know, and we forget a little bit, but yeah. they're just getting to reopening. They're not doing so well at any stages. No, no. <laughs> because what's happened yes. is basically uh, they're trying to reopen retail. Yes. They're trying to reopen shops. And you, people will recall... 
who lived in Victoria, Australia, that we, you know, you could open a hairdresser, but you couldn't open a gym, you could open a this and you couldn't open a this. Anyway, the government's announced certain shops are reopening. Yeah, well, this would be a shoeing. But... What? No lingerie Oh, hang outlets. on. Hang on. Now, lingerie is about as important to the French women as, I don't know. Breathing. <laughs> Perhaps not breathing, but anyway. It's on the shopping list. They are, the, so the French government have outlined a four-stage plan to relax rules, yes. which is, you know, circulating around. The gradual lifting the ban on domestic travel begins. Yes. But obviously shops, uh, some shops are deemed essential, some are non-essential. So they've deemed lingerie shops as non-essential, which has caused this huge protest. It's an outrage. Where the <laughs> Prime Minister, not Emmanuel Macron, he's the President, but the Prime Minister, a certain Jean Castet, yes. he's being bombarded with knickers. Well, probably takes him home for his life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Now, that's a first world problem because oh, you could be bombarded with worse things. Imagine yeah. imagine if, if he don't, didn't open pet shops and he got bombarded with pet food or worse. Yes. So... Um, He's, he's been bombarded with uh, the Nicket protest, uh, otherwise known as, in French, Action Coulaté, ah. which makes it sound a lot better. Yes. The Nicket protest. Yes. Uh, it's launched on social media um, by a lady who sells silk underwear to the ladies of Lyon. Uh, and uh, they've announced Lyon. this huge process to cost France, and they're, they're posting examples of their wares to Castet to protest, protest his refusal to give their businesses the same essential classification as the following yes. in France, which are regarded as essential. A baguette? Chocolatiers. <laughs> <laughs> Hairdressers. Jambon. Bookshops. Music stores. Fromage. And, of course, <laughs> bakeries. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, so at what point this lady, who is the known as uh, Natalie Paradis, Yes. At what point in the decision-making process has someone decided that underwear is not an essential item, she said. Well, it's and I say, all, all power oh, to the, uh, the female oh, protesters. I, My only concern with this is uh, they've sent a lot of underwear to this bloke. Yeah. I'm not sure what he's doing with all the underwear I, when I was, it arrives. I, I was going to say, win-win. <laughs> <laughs> or wee-wee. Lots of birthday presents for his <laughs> wife and daughters. Well, and all I, all, my, my uh, last, second last comment about that is, vive la France. Vive la France. <laughs> and the one problem I can see with all this is, what's happened to Moulin Rouge yes, then? That's right. So now, think, to shut it. think about this. They go and have something to eat before they go and see the show. They go and they go and have a glass of champagne. They go and see the show. So you've got the food and wine industry been affected. Yes, you've now got tourism that's been affected because people won't buy tickets because there's no show to go and see because they haven't got any knickers to put on to put the show on. They've got no tourists anyway. Um, That's a disaster. Yeah, just a disaster. Well, you can see why it's such a first world problem. Vive la France! So that (laughs) caught my eye through the way. Oh, I'm sure it did. La la, vive la France. Oh, that's very good. The other thing that caught my eye through the week. Oh, sorry, um, can I just share one more thing? Yeah, with you? Somebody another. Told, you found another oh, French it, say? It's one of those. It's one of those things. It's not that voulez-vous so, coucher avec moi ce soir? Ce soir? Not quite. Um, somebody, because uh, I went to France many many years ago, and uh, somebody said to me, "When you go there, you, you've actually got to go and do this activity. You've got mm. to go and hire a bike and ride it around this park." I went, hmm, "Okay, no, no, the tree's magnificent, and all the rest of it." 
Well, when they when they told me the name of the park, and only in French could it could it be made to sound so amazing. I was told to go to the Bois du Boulogne. Ah. How magnificent is that? Yes. Go to the park and hire a bike. Bois du Boulogne, which is just sort of in the city and down from the, um, not the Eiffel Tower, the, the other one that's the, 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 in, the, in the Champs-Élysées there. The Arc the, 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 Arc, the, Arc, Arc de Triomphe. Oh, the Arc de Triomphe. Um, so the Bois du Boulogne was actually magnificent. We did ride bikes around the Bois du Boulogne. Even though the cab driver didn't know what I was talking about. And we spent an hour trying to find it. Anyway, there we go. That so what's the Bois de Boulogne stand for in a, English? A, a big green park. A big green park. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't quote me. It's, well, it's a lovely city. It's a beautiful city. Paris. Oh, it's a, you know, and do that boat trip at night down the... Down it's gorgeous. The, where all the lights on the buildings. Oh, and, it's a gorgeous you know. town. Um, we, uh, we, we have also been to... Where this lady's from, Lyon. Oh, uh, have you? Which is a wonderful town. Right. Second largest uh, city in France. Is that right? Beautiful. I did make the big mistake. We were there um, when the French Open was on. Mm-hmm. And I went across the road to this booking agency, you know, tours, and said, oh, I'd like to get a couple of tickets. To, and they looked <laughs> to at the you tennis. like you had two heads. You should have been queuing two years ago, is what I was told. So we ended up at Monet's Garden. Yeah, not quite the same as uh, seeing uh, Nadal. Not quite the same as... But uh, but anyway, I drove past it and waved. So whilst we're on the problems of the the vaccine, um, there's a couple of things I've I've picked up through the week that amused me. Yes. We're going to take some amusement out of these sorts of things. The first one is uh, there's a bloke called Vaccini... It's an Italian bloke. He's having troubles getting a passport. Oh, I would have thought so. Yes. <laughs> apropos of nothing at all. Oh. And then this is a great story. This is one of my favourite stories. This is Glad's the cockles of my heart. And uh, this is a great story. Right. So horse ownership, right? Yes. Horses. Yep. It can be a tricky thing, you know. You know, you've got to work out your trainers, you've got to work out which race to target, but coming up with a name should be the fun bit. Well, it's normally a combination of the dam and the sire and something in relation, sort of a spin-off But of often that. people like to call it something that, you know, I've, I notice there's a new movie coming out with Tony Collette and they've called it the Dreamweaver or something like that. So often people will come up with their own name. Often people try and come up with a, a naughty name. Oh. That they try and get through. I just call mine "Go Your Good Thing." Go your good thing. <laughs> That's right. Or coming round the outside. <laughs> or, or don't get ridden upside down. <laughs> That's right. Tell yeah. me. So, what's the problem here? Anyway. Yes. Anyway, but one equine fan yeah. who has a horse. Yes. She has a side interest in ancient Egypt. Right. And um, good. She's um, she's got a lot of interest in Egyptology. Good. And she named her horse Isis. Oh. Now, Isis, of course, is uh, a, a bit of uh, Greek and Egypt, Egyptology. Isis was a god. Yes. Right. Right. But the problem she's faced is uh, she's from Bolton in England, and uh, she was forced to explain to Interpol that she had no links to terrorism after learning that a £500 payment to a horse trainer on PayPal was temporarily frozen because of the transaction name. Right. I'm a bit scatty, she said. There are tons of things I've done, and my husband has said, I can't believe you've done that, Susan told The Sun newspaper. The Sun? 
I named the transfer Funds for ISIS. <laughs> <laughs> Warning! So that's the horse's name. Oh, and she's it. sending a, a gist payment to the trainer, and she's oh. called the transaction Funds for oh, ISIS. Oh, my goodness me. And she sent the money off. And uh, I only realised it was issued three days later when my friend said the money hadn't come through. Uh, and she got a knock on the door from Interpol. Oh, stop it. To interview her to say, uh, please explain. explain your links to terrorism, <laughs> oh, please. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that'd do it. That'd do yeah, it. Yeah, that'd do it. Can you imagine, Susan, all, imagine all the bells and whistles going off at Interpol? <laughs> imagine. <laughs> Susan, who's previously called horses Pharaoh and Nefertiti, yes, well. says Interpol was tipped off by PayPal after it was suspected she was funding terrorism. Oh, my goodness me. She had to provide her pet's passport to prove ISIS was her real name and sign a declaration confirming she had no links to to the terrorist group. Has she sort of had a rethink and renamed the horse by chance? I would have thought the horse is going to get renamed. It's now called Betty. (laughs) Something like that. How funny is that? Oh, that's that's a great story. That's a ripping story. Be careful what you call your horse in this day and age. And how you describe your transfers. (laughs) You describe your transfers. You know, love and kisses underneath the Yes, yes, exactly right. Very good. That's too funny. Anyway, that caught my eye through the week. Very good. Hey. Can I talk to you about cr- – I've got to get this out. You've got to talk to me about your cricket bat. The cricket bat, right. So uh, I caught the headline. This caught my eye. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, Willow hit for six. This is out of London. Overseas correspondence. Rogers um, Press. A university team has invented a bamboo cricket bat. Bamboo? A bamboo cricket bat that is set to take the sport by storm. Mm. Stand by. Uh, and make it more sustainable. Of course. As well. Of course. Scientists at Cambridge University have created a bat made of bamboo they say is not only more effective, but better for the environment than traditional willow. It'd have a bit of whip in it too, wouldn't it? Well, stand hey. by. A large portion of willow wood is thrown away due to imperfections. Mm. So they cut all these trees down yeah. and then only a small proportion actually gets used to make these beautiful bats. Um, but bamboo not only grows twice as fast. Yes, it does. Because it, it's rampant. If you've ever had to try and get rid of bamboo. If you've ever tried to get it out of your garden, it's near on You've literally got to, I, I, I remember once I had to cut it off at the base and then And tip, then they palm it. And then tip napalm <laughs> down the root system just to kill it. Um but yeah, it grows twice as fast and is stronger and more uniform, so less is wasted. Mm. The team compared the performance of bamboo and willow bats. The bamboo was significantly stronger yeah. and could be swung faster to transfer more energy to the ball. It'd be lighter, perhaps. Yes. Absolutely. Not but as it, dense, though. But, it, but it's, but it's going to have that sort of, I think what you said, that it's almost whippy. a little bit of a whippy action. I'm thinking of the bamboo cane that I used to no, get as a youngster. we're going to have to think differently. When I got it. the bamboo cane on the bum when I was So naughty. this will be... Just a through. Well, this will be reconstituted, I would imagine. Right. So you know, the bamboo would be cut down and then C- shred and then compressed and... Yeah. But I can I can imagine it's it's going to have some zing about it. You would imagine David Warner with a bamboo bat. <laughs> Boom! He's going to, he'll hit it out of the oval into the Thames. 
So anyway, there we go. Watch this space on a bamboo cricket bats. Bamboo bats. What's next? What uh, else could they make? Could they make hemp bats? Well, what about baseball bats? Hockey sticks? Well, that's right. I mean, all tennis of the, rackets? All of the wooden... Well, there's probably not many wooden tennis Hockey rackets, sticks? Yeah, hockey sticks. Jolly hockey yeah. sticks. Yep, all of those. So ah, stand by, bamboo. Watch this space. This is another thing we should get into. Because we missed bamboo. out on the avocado and the mangoes. <laughs> Maybe we need to get in the bamboo, mate. <laughs> I don't Hey, how's, how's the other venture going with turning that stuff into grog? Well, I'll, I'll talk to you offline <laughs> yeah. about that. We we might just take a break and have a chat offline. Oh, about no. that. The venture's not going so well. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, Next. We'll be back in a sec. Okay. Hands up if you're looking to grow your business and drive customers to your door. Civic Outdoor is a Victoria-owned and operated billboard company that provides an affordable advertising medium to local businesses to do just that. From Brighton East to Bentley to St Kilda. Civic Outdoor communicates with your community where it matters, where they work, shop, travel and play. Contact us on 9830-0026 or visit civicoutdoor.com.au and let's get you on the road to success. Southern FM sponsor. It's time to learn. It's time to stand. Are you worried about your memory? Are you worried about Alzheimer's? Have you thought about the devastating effect it can have on your life and those around you? Do you think there's something you can do about it? Well, you can. By exercising your brain with puzzles, reading or learning something new, you might just reduce your risk of Alzheimer's. So think about it. Visit alzheimers.org.au. School zones are now in operation, so please drive carefully. On FM, online and on TuneIn 24-7. This is 88.3 Southern FM. And you're back with uh, the two smoking guns. You are. are. Now, um, that was pretty funny offline. We were just having a chat about uh, some of the (laughs) ventures that we had going on. (laughs) Or not, as the case may be. Yes, that we might have to uh, revisit or just actually bin. But it's all part of this thing. And I noticed this. Uh, There's a new saying. You know how you've got FOMO? Yes. And uh, yes. Have you heard of YOLO? Uh, YOLO? Yes. No. You only live once. Ah, now I have heard reference to that before. Yes, but so YOLO. I didn't remember what it was. Is another way of saying that uh, a bucket list in this day and age where we've been locked down and forced to, I guess, examine what we do and don't like. Or, you know, we used to talk about what are you going to do after the lockdown? Steer at your navel. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> so it's important yep. now with the YOLO in mind. Yep. That the that you begin to live for the day, you know, smell the roses, yeah. pursue your dreams, yeah. live your life to the full, all those things. I agree. All those things that roll off the tongue, you know, just do it, seize the day, carpe yep. diem, all yes. that stuff. Yes. But it's very important now that we, um, if you've got extra time in your hands or or you had time to reflect, that you came up with your list yep. and you've got to live it now. Yeah, you do. You've got to really live your, um, yep. your, your bucket list. So, yep. I've spent I've spent a lot of time doing that over over the journey, and uh, a lot of people are doing the same. So you're seeing this a lot of people doing a uh, the sea change, mm-hmm. which is driving some property outcomes. People are moving away from the cities. Um, you know, there's lots of people going on learning language courses online. People getting tattoos. They're going on, you know, triathlons. All this sort of stuff as the world opens up. So. Yep. I just thought um, what we might do on this show yes. is we might prepare our Scotty and Rutsy bucket list. Oh, the bucket list. 
Right. Um, and we might come uh, come to uh, some you know, come back to the show in a few weeks' time and talk to each other about what might be on our bucket lists. It oh, might no. be. Um, spending our life savings on a horse called Isis, or, or <laughs> and having it taken off us, <laughs> or, or it, uh, you know, it might be something else. It might be in a, a major achievement you want to do. And yes. I'll share one with you today. All right. And for the listeners that are listening, because I'm putting myself <laughs> out here for the three people that are listening, <laughs> I'm going to write a book. You're going to write a book. I'm going to write a book. Right. That's on my bucket list. Right. On my YOLO list. Right, and I'm going to write a book, and I'll reveal to you the subject of the book uh, in coming weeks. But I've always thought people who write books are smart. Well, not yes. necessarily smart, because Merv Hughes wrote a book, uh, <laughs> and uh, as did Max Walker. He wrote many of them, did the you, ghostwriter. Did Chopper Reed write a book? Chopper Reed wrote a book, so maybe I'll retract that statement. But uh, no, I'm, I'm going to have a crack at it. I want you to do that. I, and what I And what I've always loved about you is that when you say you are actually you want to have a crack at something, you actually go and make it happen. So, I, t- I tend to do that. Yep, and that's a very good thing, and I know others uh, are great admirers of you for uh, the, the multiple things that you've done in your life. So you get you, – I can't wait to uh, listen to what your uh, what uh, type of genre yes. this book will be. Yes, it's going to be a book about YOLO, basically. Oh, YOLO. It's going right. to be a book about helping people. Right. Achieve their dreams. Right. Right. Now, here's a guy that had a dream. Yep. Clive Palmer. <laughs> he had a nightmare, mate. He's never <laughs> dream. Now, oh, no, sorry. He is a nightmare. <laughs> he, he's an interesting... Let's just say he's, he's an, an interesting, interesting cat. He is an interesting cat. Because he's got lots of dough. He's got plenty. And he bought that beautiful oh, Noosa golf course and turned it into a dinosaur park or whatever. Oh, he did he? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? The, the little one out the back of Noosa? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Oh, the cool one. Cool yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so you know how he, uh, it's a couple of years ago now, you know how he ran for parlement, ran for, you know, the election. With, with the ScoMo one. million ads. With all the, all the ads oh, he had. Oh, my goodness. And he had the Clive Palmer United Party, the yep. Pup Party and yep. all that. If you, yep. Your memory stretched back pre-COVID that far? A hundred percent. So he's just been sued. By an American band called Twisted Sister. Ah, the Twisted Ones. The Twisted Ones. Mm. So he's been sued and he's bound. He's been found guilty and ordered to pay Good. $1.5 million dollars yes. to Universal Music after losing a copyright fight over his use of the Twisted Sister anthem. Anthem is a stretch. The Twisted Sister song, yes. um, We're Not Gonna Take It. Ah, uh. Uh, in his political advertisements uh, before the 2019 federal election. He should have bought the other version. He infringed Universal Music's copyright for the 1984 hit and rejected his claims that he'd penned his own lyrics and used the melody of a 19th century hymn. What an (laughs) idiot. Now, his song was called Ozzy's Not Gonna Cop It, was created in, he, he claimed it was created independently, but if you've heard the song, Twisted Sister's song, if you, in case you've you not heard can't it, miss it, we're not gonna take, take it. it. So Palmer's song was, Ozzy's not gonna cop it. It was exactly the same. <sighs> um, it said that he gave false evidence, concocted a story to exculpate himself, oh, God, which I'm seriously. assuming means excuse himself, yeah. uh, 
$500,000 in damages, $1 million in additional damages in light of the flagrancy of the infringement oh. and legal costs and interest on damages calculated at a later date. He should have just paid them 250000 to be able to use the damn thing. So uh, that's probably... That's Universal Music gets that money, yeah, right. not the band. No, not the band. Because like in most cases, and I've been unfortunately hit by Universal Music for using copyright music before. Oh, yes. They are all over it yes. like a fat yeah. kid on it. Seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, do, they do not miss a trick in terms of people that are using their songs that they own. Yep. But uh, I do recall the song, and I was uh, of age in 1984 to have heard that song. It's uh, If you remember Twisted Sister, they yeah. had a particularly uh, they were glam rock, yep. right? And they were pretty ugly dudes. Yeah, so they were. Let's be fair. Yeah, that's and fair. They dressed, dressed in, you know. Dressed up a bit, not uh, not too many short back and sides. No, from memory, <laughs> nothing, nothing. All that poodle perms, and they had all that sort of gear going on. Yeah, they're an air, yeah, you know, you know, hair band. Now you know the problem here, don't you? Yeah. You know what Clive should have bought? What was the other song? Which one? We're not going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. oh, well, he should have. Because that's but what I, happened. But I, but yeah. I, I read that article. I, I had a wry smile on my hand because I thought it was. Pretty ordinary song, and they probably didn't have too many other hits. The Twisted Sister. Now there'd be so. people out there listening to this but going, every- "Oh, I beg to differ, Rutsy. I love this." But I did. Um, Dee Snider, who was the lead singer, yes, he was the big guy, the with big poodle perm, yep. blonde poodle perm. Yep, pretty outrageous. Lots of makeup. Yes, he. Uh, I read an article on on them once, and he described his band's music as being a combination of Slade meets the Sex Pistols. Now, to me, it sounded nothing like either. No. Now, certainly not like the Sex Pistols. No. But Slade, maybe, because Slade were the original glam band. If you remember yeah. Slade back yeah, in the no, early no, 70s, yeah, and you, a... you would. Yep. yep. Uh, not Lots many of flares. Other... Yes, flares. Big high heel shoes. Lots of foil glitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Noddy holder. You remember Dave Lee with his bowl haircut yes. and his sort of... You know the longish yes, hair. Yes, yes. Yeah, they were, and the lead singer Noddy Holder had the big hat with the shiny things yeah, on that's it, right. and wore, wore a wore a tartan vest and big shoes. They had wow. big shoes. Yeah, big shoes. Big, big high big heel heels. shoes. Yep. Well, in honour of all of that, in case you don't remember, I'll give you this. Oh.
Now, those slayed for people that yeah. people that are under 50 would not understand no, um, they wouldn't get that. that band and they wouldn't no. understand how amazing they were because that era in the early 70s, yeah. Um, and you're talking Slade, you're talking, you're talking Mark Boland, you're talking GG, <laughs> you're talking Bowie, you're talking a lot of bands back then well, that talk, were you're talking amazing. About those bands. albums that we that we played a couple of months ago, you know, the Ripper '77. Oh, yes, so they were all in a the sort of part of that, part of that, yeah. weren't they? Slade were my favourite band growing up as a young 10-year-old. Oh, though, I loved them. <laughs> loved them. Anyway, so that was pure nostalgia just for my benefit, good, Scotty. Good. I'm We're very probably pleased. revealing my age. I'm very happy about that. Oh, they are in the 80s, were they? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think so no. either. Anyway, uh, there you go. So that was in honour of uh, Slade, who Dee Snyder's band Twisted Sister thought he sounded like. He's, he's dreaming. Yeah. Tell him he's dreaming. Tell him he's dreaming. Jousting sticks. Well, now, right. what do you got for me? Talk well, to me about, I want to go to Werribee. You want to go to Werribee, don't you? And I want to check this bar out. Right. I'm really interested because there was a place in, when I went to New York. Yes. New York. New York. New York. And there was a secret bar. I never got there in the end because we got a bit busy. But there was one of those knock on the door three times, oh, go downstairs. Secret handshake. All that sort of stuff. Yeah, right. Prohibition level bar stuff. So talk to me about your... I will. Yeah. All right. Because we've also... There's one in the city, isn't there, that's got a special entrance. We don't know that Yeah, either. no, I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll find out about that. And tell you. It, it's almost like a cupboard. Oh, really? And you open the cupboard door, but then it leads into a secret oh, bar at the back. I love that. That's, yeah, like, I know. Um, that's like, what's that, rabbit down the... You know, down the, down the rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. So, Alice in this Wonderland. Is, oh, yes. Yeah, Alice in Wonderland. Uh, with the Mad Hatter. Yep. So, secrets out. A Werribee tradie and his wife have opened a bar. And people said to them, you have to be raving mad if you think you're going to open a... This is a wine bar. You're going to open a wine bar in Werribee and charge 12 bucks for a glass of wine. Uh, and as you and I were just uh, pontificating at the start of the show, that's <laughs> well in keeping with what we've been pineappled with it for years. Might so. not be Werribee prices, <laughs> but right. uh, certainly well within our bailiwick. <clears throat> so, the Scudamores, uh, who is their name, they uh, has hopes his fancy bar gives locals in the city's outer west a place to go and enjoy a glass of wine outside the suburbs, pubs and clubs. We wanted to open a sophisticated, mature venue for adults, he said. If you wanted to go out for cheese and wine, cheese. you'd have to go to Yarraville or Seddon or even Geelong. Yarraville. There's nothing like that out here. Uh, adding to Cork's... Uh, it's called Corked, believe it. Adding to Cork's allure is its secret entrance. Access via a wine rack inside a Watton Street apartment complex foyer. Oh, Okay, right. quite bizarre. Um, once you crack the code or push the correct bottle, you'll get access to the cosy 90-seater, which boasts vintage lounges and a fireplace overlooking the Werribee River. Oh, that, nice. That, that sounds magnificent. Scudamore said the working-class suburb was becoming more gentrified. <laughs> oh, I like it. People said to me, nobody would pay 12 bucks for a glass, but I think a wine bar would kill it. 
the, la- the, the largely Aussie-leaning wine list also includes some Italian and French drops, as well as uh, 25 of them by the glass. So there you go. If you wander down to uh, Unit 9 at 116 Watton Street, Werribee, and you manage to push the right Shiraz in the wine rack, uh, abracadabra, the secret door will open, and you'll get access to a little 90-seater overlooking the Werribee River. <laughs> How good is that? I love that. How good is that? So, 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 so talk me through the code. Is there a code? Well, what you, you, you've got to... You, if you can imagine a wall of, uh, of wine on, on wine racks... One of them is linked to the opening of a door, so you push it, you push it in or pull it out, and one of those is the code to open the door to get you into the ninety seater at the back. <laughs> I hope, love it. Hope you get a glass of wine while you're trying to work out how to get in. <laughs> Might be there for a while. So I thought that was a beauty. Now, um, and just off the back of that, if I can, if I can now go to the shallow end. No, I like that because the, I like a bar. In fact, yep. if, <laughs> we're talking about bars. Yes. And um, we're talking about horses before. Yes. Do you remember the old joke, um, a horse walks into a bar? Yeah, why the long face? Yeah, exactly right <laughs> But I've heard, I've heard an extension of that joke. Oh, I'll go. Horse walks into a bar, barman says, why the long face? He says, I'm concerned about the situation in Syria. <laughs> it's a talking horse. <laughs> Oh, and there's another one. Goes, oh. Horse walks into a bar. The bartender says, "I told you yesterday, Phil. I'm not serving you. You're an alcoholic." <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, before you go on, we need a quick, 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 quick uh, break. Quick, quick, and we'll be quick. right back. Right. I could tell you more. <laughs> Horse walks into a bar. <laughs> jokes. Anyway, we'll be back in a second. It's a Bayside favourite, Rock Salt Cafe in Bay Street, Brighton. Open from 7.30am for breakfast, lunch and dinner seven days a week. It's family friendly with a modern Australian menu. Whether you're catching up for a coffee, hosting a celebration, enjoying a cocktail or a romantic dinner for two, Roxalt Cafe is the place for warm and friendly service. Roxalt, 364 Bay Street, Brighton. A proud Southern FM sponsor. Bowel cancer is the second biggest cancer killer in Australia. But a simple screening test could save your life. So the Jodie Lee Foundation would like you to please take the test. Because the more tests that are taken, the less we'll see of bowel cancer. Talk to your GP today. You're listening to 88.3 Southern Southern FM. And we're back. I do smoke. It goes in the break. I've just been telling Scotty a few more horse walks into a bar jokes. I think uh, I, I think yes. I heard uh, I, I did hear another one. The the bloke says to his wife, um, uh, "Love, I'm just going down to the pub. You better put your coat on." She goes, "Oh, you take me for a drink?" He goes, "No, I'm turning the heating off." Now we've gone to the deep end of the pool with that lovely little story about our secret bar, and I'm going to make. Oh, an I like that. I'm going to get down there one day I'm and check try that and get out. There too. Yeah, I reckon we should. Hey? I think we should wag one day and go. We could just go wag. To, we'll wag to Werribee. We'll wag to Werribee. We'll get on the train even. Oh, I yeah. hey? Travel um, by train. Travel by train. Um, so now uh, down the shallow into the pool. This is just not good. This is just, I apologise for anybody that's actually got a plate of food in front of them. Right, just so this, you, will, this will just about Apologising up front for what's about to come. This will just about make you hurl. Oh, no. Um, a dirty dumpling restaurant. So oh, you know now not, you... You know you're not going well when you oh. <laughs> well, I hope not the batting with a dirty dumpling restaurant. Dirty dumpling And restaurants. it's not the one you're thinking of. 
No. <laughs> oh, God. I gave them a pasting already. God, because I didn't go there after you gave them a pasting. Oh, is it getting uh, any better? No, not really. No, I didn't think um, so. <laughs> but uh, dumplings are what I'd call in the culinary world a mystery box. Oh, yeah, they're a mystery box. Because yeah. you never know what you're getting. Pork or prawn. <laughs> Pork or prawn? Could be both. Could, could be anything. So when you, but we say, love our dumplings. When you say to me, yes. a dirty dumpling yeah, restaurant, dirty dumpling. I, I immediately think, oh, what have they put in the dumpling? Or, or, anyway, or did it fall on the floor? Or did it, yes. Right? Okay, talk me through. A dirty dumpling restaurant. And I'm not going to name it. Now, it has been named in the article that I found, oh, but right. I'm not going to name it. I, I reckon it's probably on its last legs now anyway, yep. allegedly. Um, a dirty dumpling restaurant overrun with vermin, including rats, uh. cockroaches, and mice, was deemed. How do you think it was deemed, uh, Altson? Oh, unhygienic. Um, an imminent risk to public safety. <laughs> <laughs> do you think? <laughs> um, this eatery uh, was briefly shut down after food safety inspectors conducted a random inspection in uh, 2019. A particular council uh, officer found rat droppings on shelves and in food containers, a live rat in the fridge and cockroaches on shelves. A second rat was spotted beneath the kitchen sink. Oh, you're kidding. The Melbourne Magis Court, this is how serious this got, the Melbourne Magis Court this week was told rats had made themselves at home in wall cavities. Mm, <sighs> Live cockroaches were found in a rice cooker and mice were living in food containers. Can you just give me an approximate suburb so I can avoid it like the plague? Is it in Melbourne? Yeah, it's in Melbourne. Oh, yeah, it's no. in the CBD. Oh, no. Yeah, it's in the CBD. So, uh, prosecutor told the court conditions at said restaurant had undergone overall improvement, <laughs> but rodent activity still needs to be uh, monitored after a fresh inspection was conducted on Wednesday. <sighs> the owner of the restaurant mm. pleaded guilty to several charges, including failing to keep pests out. <laughs> I, I reckon he should run a zoo because he's done a great job of keeping them in. <laughs> Seriously. Is that what he got charged with? Failing to keep failing, pests out. Yep, up to several charges, hey. including failing to keep pests out. Oh, hey? dear. I'm, I'll, I'll have to tell you the restaurant off air so you never go there. That's the extension of our horse walks into a bar, Jake. Yeah. Horse works into a uh, dumpling restaurant. Oh. Why the long face? <laughs> Turns out the horse is a health inspector. Oh. <laughs> and the restaurant dump- gets shut down. Horse is gilded and the dumplings are. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've got um, I've got a little bit of inspiration for you. Oh, good. I, I wanted to share with you because yes. you know, I-, I love the fact you told me you're going to write a book. Yes, and and I just I was the plan. I, I was doing some research about things, and I actually just happened to sort of um, meander my way across um, some life quotes. You know, you hear life quotes, yes. and but I, I, some of these were quite interesting. And in fact, some of them are good, and some of them are a bit twee. Yes, now and in terms of your, you know, wanting to help other people, and, yes, you know, the, if that's the genesis of your well, book, it in certainly some fashion, is, mate. Or, you know, that's that, how I'm wired. That, that might be the spine of yes. your book, so to speak. Um, oh, I just want to share some of these with you. I like, um, I like them. Uh, one particular individual said, the purpose of our lives is to be happy. 
That's one purpose. It was Dalai Lama. Well, he's a smart bloke. So he's a smart bloke. Smart right? bloke. So and that's well, sort of in, and that's in keeping with full of wisdom. Yeah, exactly. Full of wisdom. And then um, another was uh, heard to say, "Life is what happens when you're busy making other plans." That's exactly. I've heard that many times. That is from John Lennon. Yes, is that right? Um, get busy living or get busy, busy dying. dying. Your choice, Stephen King. Yeah. So um, you only live once, but if you do it right. Once is enough. <laughs> May West. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, that works for me. Yeah, how good's that? That works for yeah. me. Uh, many of life's failures are people who did not realise how close they were to success when they gave up. Correct. Never give up. Thomas Edison. Correct. Hey? Did know a how thing or two. Um, if you want to live a happy life... Tie it to a goal, not to people or things. Well, mate, uh, it's a very genesis of what I'm talking about. There you go. Is, um, the genesis of my book yep. is, it, on a serious note, it's, um, it's dementia. Right. And I'm trying to make the causal link between if you've got a purpose in life yes. and you work hard at your purpose or yes. your goal yes. or your dream. Yep. Just dreams are just goals written down, you know. Goals or dreams written down, sorry. Yep. So all of that, you will punch on through life, have plenty of things to do, your brain will be stimulated, etc., and you'll you'll put a horse, pause on mental decline. Yes. So it's kind of yep. Good. overarching theme, and I'm just punching away at doing a hell of a lot of research and a whole lot of, um, you know, sort of anecdotes and stories. I've got uh, a lot of people going to contribute their own stories to it. Nice. That's going to be sort of up. But that is the genesis of a lot of it. And is you've got to have a goal. You've got to have a purpose. You've yep, got to have a goal. Yep, 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 yep. You've got to have something to get you up and get, get you up and get you day. going in the morning. And there's another one that I heard. Uh, it was by a senior naval officer. Uh, and his, his saying was, make your bed every day. Make your bed every day. Because if the rest of the day turns to crap. At least you at can least say you made your bed. Well, you can come home and see a beautifully made bed. And in fact, that was how your day started. Even though it got worse, but you started it off, make your bed. I think morning. I've seen that very... Uh, Have you seen that clip? That clip. Yeah, it's been addressing... Uh, all those, uh, all those graduates. Graduates, yep. yes. Um, never let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game. Correct. By Bruce. If that was the case, I, I would never play golf again. <laughs> because I strike out a lot playing that game. But I keep coming back to it. Ever hopeful, maybe delusional, certainly not good at it. Doesn't matter. Just keep, keep going. Just keep going. Money and success don't change people. They merely amplify what, uh, amplify what is already there. Okay. That's Will Smith. That. that was Will Smith. Your time is limited, to your point. So don't waste it living someone else's life. Don't be trapped by dogma, which is living with the results of other people's thinking. That was Steve Jobs. The other one, which rolls off from that, is if you don't plan your own life, someone else will. Oh, yes. Well, and uh, I can think of another one. Uh, people don't plan to fail, but they fail to plan. Mm-hmm. And the one that I really quite like also is um, teamwork makes a dream work. Oh, yes, hey? now, you know, you're hey? just rolling. Now, now. we're just punching <laughs> you way be, above you, sh- you should be a conference MC. Should, uh, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Teamwork um, makes the dream work. <laughs> there's no I and T. Well, that's how you start. No, but there's plenty of me. There's plenty of me. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that one. Um, not how long, but how well you've lived is the main thing. Yeah, oh, I agree with that. Yep. Oh, I agree with that. I uh, try and subscribe to that. If life were predictable, 
it would cease to be life and be without flavour. Who said that? It's very pronounced, uh, profound, isn't it? Uh, Eleanor Roosevelt. The secret of uh, the the whole secret of a successful life is to find out what is one's destiny to do and then do it. Nice. That's that's right up your wheelhouse. That's right, and that's Henry Ford. Yes. So there's uh, there's lots. Um, I like that. I'll just leave you with one more. In order to write about life. First, you must live it. Well, there you go. There you go. Words to live so by. So they're all things that I think are right in your wheelhouse yeah. about what so your, thank you for that, your I'm, journey I'm, that you're going to go on. I'm going to write on, a little bit about it. Be, it will be a journey. And I've had a crack at it, so it's part of it is... Yeah, telling my Well, there you go. I'm going to share with you you, all of those little sayings, and you might find some inspiration or something to add to your uh, montage of information. Now, we played played a little game the other week, and you you loved it. I was thinking of you today and thinking, what are we going to do when, you know, we've got another show we're going to punch out. So I went and found, uh, so this is Who Am I? Can we play Who We've I'm done Who I Am before, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, but I'm just going to do it again. Oh, okay. Because what I've got now got is sort of a What's whole... What's the genre, though? Australian entertainers. Oh, well, this who is am good. I, right? this so, be good. So this is So what I'm going to do is read you a whole bunch of facts, and they sort of build up to who this person is. And it just it's how quickly oh, you can yes, work out who they are. There's oh, no points or anything, but, no. okay. but it, it's, it should be a bit of fun. Uh, so who am I? I was born in January 1943 in Victoria. Bert Newton. No. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. I'll, 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 I won't be silly. He was just in the news recently. Uh, yes, he was. Hmm. Uh, I grew up with my grandmothers in Quambatook. Quambatook. Where's Quambatook? Quambatook. Uh, I think probably in Queensland somewhere. Okay. I have two younger brothers. Right. 1943. I went to school with mm. John Williamson. Oh, from the, sing- the singer. The true sing- Blue. The singer. A True Blue. A True Blue. I was raised in the traditions of the Church of England. Hmm. In 1964, I was ejected from a certain uh, for from a certain tour for being too enthusiastic. Right. <laughs> I started tour. writing for a newspaper in July 1966. Hmm. I learnt about the recording process in hmm. 1966. Hmm. I became involved in a number in a number of artists' releases. Including a Masters and Apprentices single. Ooh, okay. Um, okay. I'll keep going while you ponder. In 1968, um, I relocated to London, reporting in Go Go Set on the group. Molly Meldrum. That is Molly Meldrum. Yes. Well done, sir. There you go. So uh, I produced the soundtrack for uh, for Godspell. Yes. Uh, I signed Peter yes. Andre, Joe Beth Taylor, and Indecent Russell Morris. My trademark is my hat, obviously. Right. So the next one for you. Hey, let's see here. One from one. Yeah, one from one. Well done, old son. Uh, I was born in July 1938 30, in Fitzroy. 38 Fitzroy. Yes. I was yes. educated at St Joseph's Marist Brothers Roman Catholic College. <laughs> yes. Uh, in my early days, I had thoughts of entering the priesthood. Ooh. Mm. Uh, my first radio appearance was as a schoolboy in 1952. Schoolboy on the radio. Mm. Mm, okay. I have made regular appearances on a Sunday uh, on a Saturday morning children's show. Right. Uh, it's mm, not Dicky Knee, is it? No. Uh, 
I was appointed. I'm going to leave a couple out because they might. Uh, I was appointed a member of the Order of the British Empire in 1979 for my services to the performing arts. Performing arts. Mm. Mm. Okay. Uh, uh, in uh, on the 12th of June 2006, yes. I was made a member of the Order of Australia. Yes. 2001, I was awarded the Centenary Medal. Mm. Uh, Performing arts. In 2008, I was named Victorian of the Year. I've, I'm, I'm really close here. You are. Yeah. Um, the next one, I reckon I've got it. On stage, I've appeared in The Wizard of Oz. Oh, no, because I had it as Barry Humphreys. No, but, ah. but, but not bad. I have a son and daughter. Oh, Wizard of Oz. Um, that's, oh, no, that's throwing um, me The Wizard of Oz. Bert Newton. <laughs> no. Yes, oh, it's Bert Newton. <laughs> Said that at the top of the program. Because uh, I was going to say I was the first Melbourne-born king of movement yes. in 1978. Yes, I had right. to leave that one out. Uh, I go. appeared on Channel 10 as the host of GMA. Oh, yes, and yes. So Bert. well done. Well done to you. Now, All this, the best to Bert so the next, his recovery. Right, the next one's a beauty. Stand by. Yes. Uh, here we go. Yep. I was born on the 7th of April 1964 in New Zealand. Ah, so young'un. I'm the son of Jocelyn and John. Uh, my family moved to Australia when I was four. I was educated at the Sydney Boys High School. Yeah, it's Russell Crowe. Yes, sir. Well done to you. Yeah. Righto. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so I, I was all over that one. Righto. He's, he's, he's a couple of years younger. This than me, one. Here, this one will be really interesting. Right. I was born on the 7th of October, 1975, Northampton, UK. Northampton. Northampton. North, Northampton. My parents are Australian. Right. I was raised in born per- in England, parents Australian. Parents in what, are Australian. What, what mm. birth date do we have? Seventh of October, nineteen seventy-five. Seventy-five. Yeah, seventy-five. Very young. Okay. Uh, I was raised in Perth, forties. I was educated at Christ Church Grammar School. Mm. I started to learn an instrument at the age of eight. I started writing music with my brother, who also played an instrument. Tum fun, or null fun? No. Oh, okay. I oh, no, no, they're not New Zealanders, are no, they? No. They're from Northampton. That's right. That's right. Okay. Um, I graduated from the University of Western Australia in 1950. That can't be right. I graduated from the University of Western Australia in 1955 with a BA when he was born in 1975. So scratch that. Why don't you get uh, your facts wrong? Um, uh, in 2000, I wrote and starred in a musical. I released a CD titled Sit. One of my shows in 2006 was nominated for the Melbourne International Comedy Festival's Top Prize. Right. Okay. In 2009, uh, one of my beat poems, Storm, was made into a short animated movie. Mm, no. Not I have, getting it. I've not made appearances it. on Australian TV shows, including the BBC's Nevermind, The Buzzcocks. Um, no. No. No, 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 no. Think, uh, think a bit quirky. Yeah. 2011, I made my American television debut on Conan. I've appeared in various stage productions. See ya? Nope. I play the role of... Kate Miller-Heike? Nope. I play the role of Tom in the contemporary family drama Two Fists, One Heart. Don't know that contemporary drama. In my performances, I typically typically go barefoot with wild hair and heavy eye makeup. Tim Minchin. Yes, sir. Yeah, there 
there you go. Got there. Yeah, we got there on the end. So I was going to say, he's got to have all sorts of quirky stuff uh, very about good. him. Yep, so well done, mate. Well, um, well we need right. to. Well, now on that note. Are we wound? Yeah, we wound. Are we wound? We're wound Again. up. We're wound up. Righto. Well, on Tim Minchin, he's a star. Yeah, he's a star, isn't he? He's well, a well, very, very clever individual. I've, well, I've, on I on him. thoroughly enjoy all of his Thanks uh, for that, work. Scotty. I, uh, oh, mate, that's just a bit of fun, isn't it? Yeah, just to fun. try and find out the background. And I did have to laugh when you tried to guess the first person was Bert Newton, <laughs> and, the, <laughs> and the second one was. <laughs> so well done, you. No, that's just uh, part of my clairvoyance. Your, your, your ESP. <laughs> it's going ESP. beautifully. Uh, right. So we're done for another week, aren't we? Yeah, mate. All right. We'll uh, sign off and we'll say uh, happy listening to everybody and have a great day. Bye. All right. See you later. Yeah.